This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we are going to finish up the book of Matthew. We finish up the second part of Matthew chapter 28. Jesus has been resurrected. The angel has come down from heaven, rolled away that big, huge, gigantic, heavy stone, and sat down upon it, waiting for the two Marys to arrive to the tomb so he can tell them this wonderful message that Jesus is not dead, that he is actually alive and well. And he tells them to go uh, go back to the disciples and tell them to get to Galilee, go to the Mount of Olives, and wait for Jesus there, that he will meet them there. And Jesus meets with them in Galilee, just as he said he would do. And here's the cool thing about this. Jesus, or Matthew, lets us in on this conversation between Jesus and his disciples. Verse 18, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. That's a heavy, heavy, heavy statement. We read through it like, oh, well, Jesus has all authority. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Four things that I want to talk about in this podcast today and the first one, it all comes from that one little passage there at the end of, of Matthew 28. It's, we call it the Great Commission. Jesus says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And I don't have this in my notes, and I want to say this before I forget to say it. But making disciples is not dependent upon you. Now let me explain what I mean by that. Yes, it is dependent upon you and me telling others about Jesus, but we cannot save one person. All we can do is tell them the message. It's not up to us for the the person who is receiving the message to accept that message or reject that message. No matter how passionate we are about Jesus and no matter how passionate we tell our loved ones, our friends, strangers even, about Jesus and the gospel, the good news of the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. No matter how passionate we are about those things and about Jesus, we can't make them uh, choose to to believe it. We, we, we cannot choose their faith for them. It's out of our hands. It's all in God's hands. We plant and we water, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, it is up to God to bring the increase but we have to do our part we have to tell people about jesus and jesus says here i have been given all authority in heaven and on earth and because i've been given all authority in heaven and on earth you go and make disciples of all the nations in other words i got this i'm in control of this i have all authority you don't have any authority you have my authority and I'm talking about Jesus saying to, to the disciples, you have my authority. And here's what my authority is all about. I have all authority in heaven and on earth. 
Jesus told his disciples in other passages, whatever you bind on earth will be loose on earth. Whatever you bind in heaven will be bound in heaven. Why? Because he has all authority. He has the power to do so. We don't. We're, we're, we're nothing. We're just vessels that's being used in God's story. God is the one who has the power to change hearts, to change lives. It's God's Holy Spirit that can just penetrate the deepest, innermost part of a person's being, their soul, and change their lives from the inside out. We can't. We're just vessels who share the message of such great love that God has for us, that he would send his son to die on the cross for our sins, that he would be buried in a tomb for three days, and on that third day, he rose again to life. And because of that, we can have life with him forever, for eternity, and enjoy heaven, and enjoy being in the presence of God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit for eternity. Mind-blowing, I know. But Jesus says, I've been given all authority in heaven on, on earth. Um, what's he talking about? It, it's, it's very deep. And I'm just going to share some passages uh, to try to explain what's going on here, what Jesus means by this. Because if we've studied the book of Hebrews, and you can go back and listen to those podcasts if you've never had that opportunity, and the book of Acts. Those two books, it's clear that from especially in those two books they say it over and over again peter makes it uh, clear to the jews that that they have crucified the messiah they have crucified jesus but it was god who raised him up that's what he says in his sermon on the day of pentecost and he says god has raised him up and he is sitting at the right hand of the throne he is sitting at the right hand of god the Father. It's a place of honor. It's a place of power. The book of Hebrews makes this clear over and over again that Jesus is sitting in the place of authority, a place of power. And if you think about it, the last thing that Jesus had to overcome was death. That's it. And we see in the, uh, Revelation chapter 1 that he has conquered death. How did he conquer death? Well, the angel rolled the stone away and showed the whole world that he ain't there. Because he conquered death by coming back to life. He was resurrected. And he comes out in Revelation 1 holding the keys to hell and the grave. He, he conquered death. Matthew eleven twenty seven 27 says, All things have been handed over to me by my Father. The Father has given Jesus this authority in heaven and on earth. No one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son. And anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. In other words, our little old minds, we, we, we can't understand God. People have tried it for hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years to understand God. We can't. All the wisdom of man, Romans says, Paul says in Romans, that it's foolishness to God. Just foolishness. And man's pretty wise. Man's done a lot, accomplished a lot of great things, especially with technology and computers. And now this A1 stuff, or AI stuff, what's it called? AI, no, A1, it's that steak sauce. AI artificial intelligence um so there's a lot of wisdom with man but it's foolishness to god and jesus says all things have been handed over to me by my father no one knows the son except the father i and jesus saying that's why jesus tells thomas because thomas says we don't know where you're going in john 14 we don't know the way why don't you show us the father and jesus says if, if, if 
He said, if, if you show us the Father, we can try to understand this thing. And Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Why? Because he is the exact image of the Father. He, he, he shows all the characteristics of the Father in human flesh so that we can understand. And that's why John says in John 1 that we saw Jesus. We literally could reach out and touch Jesus, who was God in the flesh. We ate fish with him. We drank wine with him. We we had conversations with him. We hung out with him on a daily basis for three to three and a half years. We saw God in the flesh. And Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. John 3, 35, the Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hands. John 13, 3, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God, was going back to God, he knelt down and washed the disciples' feet. Ephesians 1, 20 and 21. God raised him from the dead and seated him at, the, at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the, in the one to come. That's what it means to have all authority. Your name is, Jesus' name is above every name. It's ever been. And he has all power and authority, which is way too much for our minds to comprehend. John 17, 2. Father, the hour has come, Jesus says, glorify your son, that the son may glorify you, since you have given him all, and since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. What does it mean to have all authority in heaven and on earth. Revelation chapter 5 tells us a great picture of how to understand this. Then I saw a scroll in the right hand of the one who was sitting on the throne. So you picture God on the throne and he's got this scroll and he's looking at this scroll. And there was a writing on the inside and the outside of the scroll. And it was sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel who shouted with a loud voice. And we know how strong the angels are because one rolled the stone away and sat on it. And it's a heavy stone. And he rolled it back probably with his pinky finger like it was nothing. And, 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 and John's writing this, what he's seeing in, in, in this revelation that he's seeing in heaven. And he says, I saw a strong angel who shouted with a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals on this scroll and open it? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll and read it. And then I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. God's holding this scroll. And the angel is begging somebody to open this scroll. And nobody could open the scroll. And they're beginning to be weeping and crying because there was nobody found worthy to open the scroll. But one of the 24 elders said to me, Stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. And then I saw a lamb, a lamb, a lamb led to the slaughter, Isaiah says, that Jesus was. I saw a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered but it was now, remember Isaiah said that he was beaten so bad you wouldn't even recognize that he was a man. 
I saw a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered, but it was now standing between the throne and the four living beasts and among the 24 elders. And he has seven horns and seven eyes, which represent the sevenfold spirit of God that is sent out into every part of the earth. And he stepped forward and he took the scroll from the right hand of the one sitting on the throne. See, Jesus steps up the lamb of God. Remember what John the Baptist said? Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's what's going on here. Jesus has conquered death. He's, he's, he's alive and he's ascended back to heaven. And this is the scene that is going on as that takes place. I got my arms are, my hair on my arms are standing straight up on end. This is so awesome. Jesus is standing there and they can't find anybody that's worthy to, that's strong enough to open that scroll. And, and, and the, the 24 elders cry, wait, there's the Lamb of God. He, he is worthy. He has conquered death. He can open the scroll. And Jesus steps forward and he takes the scroll from the right hand of God. And when he took the scroll, John writes in, in chapter 5, verse 8 of Revelation, when he took the scroll, the four living beasts and the 24 elders, they all fall down before the Lamb. They're worshiping him. Each one had a harp, and they held gold bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song with these words. You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it, for you were slaughtered, and your blood has ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God, and they will reign on the earth. And then I looked again and I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels. Millions and millions. I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne and of the living beings and the elders. And they sang in a mighty chorus, worthy is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea. And they sang blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne. That's God, the Father. But not only that, blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And the four living beings said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped the Lamb. Woo, we have some good stuff right there. And that, my friends, is what it means that Jesus has all power, all authority, because he is the only one worthy to take that scroll out of God the Father's hand and to open it up. Why? Because he gave his life willingly on a cross to die for the sins of man so that we can be restored, we can have a relationship, we can be reconciled, we can be made friends again with God. That, that Because of sin, we were separated from God, but now because of the blood of Jesus Christ, that sin can be washed clean and we can be close again with God. We have direct access to the throne of God, the book of Hebrews says. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus and he was the only one worthy to open that scroll. That's what it means that Jesus has all power and authority. And you know what that means? If we're walking with Jesus, 
we're in great hands. You can guarantee it. We are in great hands. The second thing I want to talk about, Jesus says to his disciples, since I do have all power and authority in heaven and on earth, I'm in charge. I'm in control of this thing. That's what he's saying. Since I'm in control of these things and I have all power and authority, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So salvation is not in our hands. It's in God's hands. We, we're just vessels. We're telling people this message, the, the good news, the death and burial, the resurrection of Jesus. And it's up to, we're planting and we're watering seed. And, and it's up to God to bring the increase. It's not up to us. It's up to God. We can't make people receive the message. All we can do is tell it. So we have to be doing our part. But notice what Jesus says here to his disciples. Go and make disciples of all nations. How? By baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Notice in this passage that it's not in this passage, nor is it anywhere in the New Testament that there's a prayer involved in salvation. It's just not there. There is not one example, not one example of somebody saying a prayer like we call the sinner's prayer, to receive Jesus. There's, there's not one place in Scripture where somebody raises their hand to receive Jesus. There's not one place in Scripture where somebody is told to go into a room and meet with somebody else so they can be told how to be saved. It, it, it's not there. It's not. So why do we do that? I don't, I don't understand the problem here. I don't understand why we don't take the words of Jesus and just do what he says to do. Why do we have to make it complicated? Why do we have to argue about it? Just do what he said. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptizing means full immersion in a watery grave. Romans chapter 6, Paul explains what baptism is and what baptism does. The old man is crucified. We're dying to ourselves. We're taking up our cross as Jesus commanded us to do in Luke 9.23. We're placed in a watery grave like Jesus was placed in the ground for three days. And we come up out of that water, a new creation in Christ. We are cleansed from our sins and we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2 verses 37 through 41. And this gift is for you and your children all that are afar off, Peter says there on the day of Pentecost. Why complicate it? Just do, just do what Jesus said to do. Repent of your sins and be baptized in the water and be filled with the Holy Spirit and walk with Jesus. It's literally that simple. No mention of, of a prayer. No mention of a raising a hand. No mention of pulling a bunch of people together at the end of the month and we're going to have a baptismal service down at the river. It, it's not there. All throughout the book of Acts, all throughout the book of Acts, there's example after example after example of people who heard the message of the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. They believed it. They were baptized immediately, and they were filled with the Spirit, and they went on living for Jesus. Example after example. You got in Acts chapter 2 when Peter preached that day on, uh, on the day of Pentecost, about 3,000 were saved. In the next chapter, Acts chapter 4, I think it was five or 6,000 people were saved, all baptized immediately. Phil, uh, Philip, 
in the Ethiopian eunuch, they're going through the desert. There happens to be some water. He's he's reading the book of Isaiah. Philip asks him, do you know what you're reading? He says, I need somebody to explain it to me. Philip explains to it uh, what Isaiah is talking about and who Isaiah is talking about. He's talking about Jesus. They see the water. The, the, the eunuch says, hey, there's some water right there. What's keeping me from being baptized? Philip says nothing. So they stop the chariot. They baptize the guy right there in the desert on the spot immediately. And then Philip's caught away and, and, and taken somewhere else by the Holy Spirit. Then we have Lydia. I believe it's Acts chapter 16. She is baptized immediately. And all those people that were at her prayer group. And she goes and starts a church in her home. The, the apostle Paul himself was baptized immediately after receiving his sight. He goes to Ananias. He, and Ananias prays for him. He re- receives his sight. And he says, what's keeping me from being baptized? And and, and and Ananias says nothing. And he says, we're going to baptize you right now. And he's baptized. Uh, then you got the Philippian jailer. Uh, uh, where Paul and Silas was in prison, the earthquake comes. The doors fly open, but nobody escapes. The Philippian jailer was going to kill himself because he knew that those prisoners were gone. He was a dead man. And Paul says, no, don't kill yourself. We're all here. That impacted that man so much that he gave his life to Jesus. And he was baptized. He and his household right there that night. Now, it, it, I don't understand why we, we, we have to make it so difficult. You hear the gospel, you believe the gospel, you obey the gospel, and you're baptized for your sins, and you receive the Holy Spirit. Example after example after example, but yet not one example is found in the New Testament where somebody says a prayer to receive Jesus in their heart. It's not there. Just do what the Bible says. It's that simple. All right, I'll move on. Get off my soapbox. The third thing I want to talk about is Jesus says, after you make the disciples, because I have all power and authority in heaven and on earth, and since I have all that power and authority on heaven and in heaven and on earth, you make disciples, and after you make those disciples, teach these disciples, these new disciples, to obey all the commandments I have given you. Now this scares people to death because they're afraid. And that goes back to the fear thing we talked about in the last podcast. Fear holds us back from serving God. It holds us back from stepping out in faith. Fear holds us back from teaching a class or getting in the pulpit or getting in the worship band or you know, or telling people about our faith and what God has done for our lives. Fear holds us back. But one of the greatest ways, because we have this fear that we don't know enough about the Bible. That's what it is. And we're afraid that somebody's going to ask us a question and we're not going to know how to answer it. But here's the easiest thing to do, and it's okay to do this. There's three words you can say. I don't know. It's that simple. I don't know. I don't know the answer to your question. But you know, then here's what you say after that. Let me study it a little bit. Let me do some research and I'll get back with you. It's That means literally that simple. But we're embarrassed to do that. We're ashamed to do that because of fear. We're afraid of what people are going to think about us, what they're going to say about us, and what they're going to do to us. So we know, we just don't do it. We, we, we let fear grip us and we stay put and, and, and we don't step out in faith. But I'm here to tell you that one of the greatest ways that you can learn the Bible is to teach it. Teach a, a little kid's class. If you're not comfortable with being around adults, teach a little kid's class. And you have to study and, and, and the more you study, the more you learn. That's why I love doing this podcast. I, I've covered the book of John, the, the book of Acts, uh, the book of Hebrews, Luke's gospel, and now we're finishing up Matthew's gospel. And, 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 and it, I, it makes me 
stay in the Word of God because I put out two podcasts a week. And so I, I have to study a chapter uh, uh, and really break down a chapter a week at least, but not just read through it. I have to break it down. I, I have to really do some, some hardcore studying and some research uh, to give you all this material. And so it keeps me rooted and grounded in the Word of God. And, and, and I've learned all kinds of stuff since I've been doing this podcast. And, it's a, and to be honest with you, it, it's the reason why I do it. Yes, I want to share Jesus with you. Yes, I want people to hear about Jesus. Yes, I want to produce fruit. And I want God to impact people's lives through this podcast. But the main reason why I do this podcast is so I can stay grounded, rooted in the Word of God because it, it, it keeps me in the Word. And I love the Word of God and I love sharing uh, the Word of God. And no, I, I don't get paid a dime for doing this podcast. I make zero money off of it. In fact, it costs me money because I have to pay uh, to put this thing out there. And I don't mind doing it at all. I, I, I know that God will bless me for it. And I don't even do it for that. I do it to stay in the Word of God, to stay rooted in the ground of word in the Word of God, and so that you too can be in the Word of God by listening. And thank you for listening. And thank you for sharing the podcast with your friends and family. But 2 Timothy 2.15, the King James Version says, Paul says, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That word, it's not a good translation, but it sounds good. Study to show yourself approved unto God. We do have to study. But a better translation, I, I, I like the New Living Translation, but most translations put it this way. It says, Work hard. Be diligent. Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive His approval. In other words, there's work to be done. It's not, it's not you're saved and you're, you're good. Because James tells us that faith without works is dead. We have to work. And we don't, want, we don't like that four-letter word because we work 40, 50, 60 hours a week, sometimes 70, 80 hours a week. And so we don't want to work at our salvation. But that's what the Bible says. Work out your own salvation. And here's Paul telling Timothy, work hard so that you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. And look, you got to be in the word of truth. you got to be in the word of God to know it, to be able to explain it and explain it correctly. I mean, it's just like the... Uh, uh, the Bereans who who studied the Word of God and and they they you know they studied the scriptures from the Old Testament they they loved the scriptures. Um, there you you've got uh, Apollos who's going around after he was saved and he's going around uh, and he's preaching to people but the only baptism he knows is uh, the baptism of John the Baptist. And yes, John the Baptist's baptism was a, a baptismal of repentance, but. You couldn't receive the Holy Spirit being baptized in the name of John under John's baptism. You had to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins, and you'd be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so when they when when Aquila and Priscilla came across Apollos, they heard his teaching. They're like, "Man, this guy's he's spot on with his teaching," but he he's telling people to be baptized under the authority of John. We got to set him straight. And so they take Apollos off to the side and they explain to him, dude, there's a there's another baptism now. That it's a much better baptism because John says, there's one coming after me that's mightier than me who can baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And so Aquila and Priscilla tell Apollos, look guy, you're teaching spot on, but you got to baptize people in the name of Jesus in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and so that people can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And from that moment on, Apollos was unstoppable. 
So, you know, he he was given all due diligence. He was doing a good thing. He was doing a good work. He just he had to have some tweaking uh, with his baptismal uh, message there. And so, um, he starts baptizing in the name of Jesus, and he's good to go. But he was working hard. And, 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 and that's the thing is we have to work hard. And that's what Paul tells Timothy. Work hard. Work hard to present yourself to God and receive his approval. Be a good worker. Work hard so you don't have to be ashamed so that you'll know the word of God and that you can correctly explain the word of God. There's a lot of people out there that work hard just telling a bunch of lies, false teachings. So be careful with what you hear and that's another thing you need to be in the word of god so you'll know if it is false teaching because if it's a false if it doesn't line up with the word of god you'll know it immediately if you're in the word if you're not in the word you're not going to know it you can easily fall for it and that happened a lot back in paul's day that's why he's telling timothy these words he tells timothy in second timothy chapter 2 verses 1 and 2 he says timothy my dear son is not his literal son he kind of just took him under his wing Uh, he's his son in the faith Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. And that's that's what it's all about. We teach people the word of God so that it will impact their lives. God will impact their lives through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the word of God. And when God impacts their lives, they will in turn go and teach others the word of God and it will impact their lives. It's, it's kind of like this pyramid thing going on. We, we, we just share Jesus we share the word of God. It impacts people's lives. They in turn share God's word. They share Jesus and it impacts other people's lives. That's what it's all about. And Jesus tells his disciples, you teach these new Christians, these new followers of mine, you teach them everything that I have commanded. And Paul says in 2 Timothy three fourteen through 17, he says, but you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they're true, for you know that you can trust those who have taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do everything good work that's what it's all about god uses his word to prepare and to equip his people to do every good work but if you ain't in it he can't use it he's not going to use you so get in the word of god so that he can equip you prepare you and use you for his glory And the last thing I want to mention before we end this podcast and end Matthew 28 is the last words of Jesus when he says, And I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I think the King James Version says, Lo, I am with you. They used to have a 1996 Ford Ranger back in the day. It was fixed up for truck shows, and I had slammed it to the ground. It was was so low to the ground that the the transmission mount would catch uh, the reflectors you know, they have in the middle of the highways, they would have uh, they have reflectors. Well, it would bust those things. That's how low it was. I mean, it was you couldn't even get a cigarette butt underneath the the frame of that Ford Ranger. It was so 
low. And when I would put it in a truck show, it was a sharp little truck. It had the tilt bed on it and I had a bed cover that was painted and it, it was a nice little truck. It had a big old sound system in it, a convertible top, and across the windshield it says, Lo, I am with you. Because that was the, the words of Jesus. Lo, I am with you. And if you think about it, there's, there, there, there would soon come a day in, in the disciples' lives that they're going to be persecuted for following Jesus. They're going to be extremely persecuted for teaching in his name. They're going to be beaten. They're going to be flogged. They're going to be stoned to death. They're going to be beheaded. James in chapter 8 of Acts is beheaded. They're going to be tortured. Um, you know, John is put in a boiling oil and just just burn all over his body, but he didn't die. He was the only one that didn't die. The others, they all died a martyr's death. And you can read about them in the book of Martyrs. Many were put in prison, uh, all because they loved Jesus and they served Jesus. And I can't help but wonder if there was a time in these disciples' lives, in the, in the early Christians' lives, when this persecution was going on, if, did they ever consider, did they ever stop and think, is this worth it? Is, is Jesus really here with me? Because I don't understand why I'm going through all this. I don't understand what is going on here. Why am I being tortured like this? Why am I suffering this death? Why is this happening to my family member? I, I, we, we see this all through the book of Hebrews when we covered the book of Hebrews. Like I said, you can go back and listen to those podcasts. It's a very interesting book to study. Because the book of Hebrews was written to encourage Christians who were beginning to be persecuted. He tells them, he says, you haven't been persecuted to the point that you, 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 you shed blood yet. So nobody's died from the persecution, but they are beginning to feel the pains of persecution and they're, they're quitting Jesus because of it. They're like, this ain't worth it. I'm not putting my family through this. And so they go back into Judaism. And he says, hey, if you, if you leave Jesus and you go back into Judaism, that can't save you. There, there, there's, there's no more remission for your sins. The sacrifice you, you just, you just tread the sacrifice that God made for you under your feet, and, it, and it's, you've made it worthless because you, you've left Jesus, the only one who can forgive your sins, and you're going back into this religion that's empty now. It, it God's not there anymore. It, it, God has come in flesh, and He's died on a cross. He was buried in a tomb, and He was raised again on the third day. And you're walking away from Jesus. And so he writes this, this book, the book of Hebrews, to encourage them to stick it out, to stay with Jesus no matter how bad it gets, that it will all be worth it in the end. And the, and the book of Hebrews is where we get that great promise, and it means a whole lot to me uh, because of my childhood experiences. But the book of Hebrews, uh, we get that promise where Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never abandon you. I will always be with you and that's why he tells the disciples he gives them this reassurance because he knows he's about to send to heaven right here from mount of olives and 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 he's going to be gone and he's going to be coming to live inside of them in the power of the holy spirit when, when on the day of pentecost in acts chapter 2 and he says i'm, I'm not going to abandon you i will be with you always even to the ends of the earth and so if you're struggling today with, with with life, something bad has happened in your life, fill in the blank with whatever, just know that if you are a follower of Christ, 
Even though this bad thing has come in your life and you're going through this hard, difficult time, Jesus has not abandoned you. He is absolutely with you. 100%. He will not leave you alone. He is walking with you. It, it, it may not feel like it. It may not seem like it. You may hear nothing but crickets, but know that Jesus Christ is walking with you as you go through this terrible storm, through this valley. And I, I want to finish Matthew, in particular Matthew 28, the last chapter, by reading this beautiful poem called Footprints in the Sand, because it explains it really well. One night I dreamed a dream, and as I was walking along along the beach with my Lord, Across the dark sky flashed scenes from my life. For each scene, I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one to my Lord. <clears throat> and after the last scene of my life flashed before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand and I noticed that many times along the path of my life, especially at the very lowest and saddest times, there was only one set of footprints. And this really troubled me, so I asked the Lord about it. Lord, you said once I decided to follow you, You'd walk with me all the way. But I noticed that during the saddest and most troublesome times of my life, there's only one set of footprints. I don't understand why. When I needed you the most, you you, you would leave me. Why, why did you leave me? And he whispered, My precious child, I love you and will never leave you. Never, ever, during the trials and testings. When you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I, I carried you. That's why you saw the one set of footprints looking back in the most troublesome times of your life. It's because I, Jesus, I picked you up and I carried you. I helped you. That's why he says, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. And God's peace is greater than any peace that you could ever experience. It's a peace that surpasses all understanding. We can't even comprehend God's peace. But the only way to have that peace is to have Christ and be walking with Christ. Do you know Him today? Have you given Him your life? Is He your Lord and Savior? If I can help you make that decision, if I can answer any questions that you might have about Jesus, about the Word of God, whatever, contact me. Uh, there's a number at the end of the uh, podcast that you can text me at. Uh, and I'll give you my email, but the email is uh, thegrounditpodcast at gmail.com. But get in touch with me. And if, I, if you're n not anywhere in the vicinity where I live, I will help you find somebody that can answer your questions, that can help you with whatever situation you're facing in life today. Don't, don't face it alone and know that you're not alone, that Jesus is with you no matter what you're going through today. God bless you. Thanks for listening and keep grinding. Thanks for listening to the Grounded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grounded Podcast with a friend. God bless you and remember, keep grinding.